Ben Simmons. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, Anzac Day 2018 edition. Um, this week, it's the uh, the Essendon that we didn't want turned up. Um, we're going to be doing a standard review of the game. Um, I know uh, my colleague Scott is going to be coming off the long run up on a couple of... Uh, um, a couple of issues that we're facing, um, not just the obvious. Uh, so welcome, Scott. Hello, everyone. And look, what do we say about this game? I think there's a lot to cover in this game, and we'll discuss a few different areas. Um, people on social media have been seeing the things I've been wanting to get across. There have been some savage, <laughs> savage people. And uh, I can guarantee you this won't be the Brendan Goddard slamming because that's far from where my mind is at. So, look, there's a lot to cover. I was really frustrated yesterday um, at the game. I didn't like how he approached it. Uh, I know there's going to be a lot of talk about us two men down on rotation because of the injuries. I, to be honest, sort of totally disregard that. I wanted to know how we approached the game how we attacked it mentally, structurally, and they were my frustrations. So I think there's a lot of things that need to be discussed about where this club on field and in the football department area is at. And I really want to stress that because there's obviously a lot of areas at Essendon that are going quite well. So I I think we've got to be reasonable with that approach. But I think on the football department area... I think there are genuine concerns and in the development area of our younger players, there's to me some genuine concerns as well as the selection committee. I really wanted to sort of have a gauge to see what uh, John Merswell would say in in his coach's sort of um, clip today. So look, I actually wanted to play a bit of it and so we could just discuss it. So here it is. Well, we're pretty flat as a group with our uh, performance today um, obviously a couple of injuries that uh, we're really disappointed with and some poor footy overall from um, the whole squad younger players senior players uh, so it really shows us how much work we've got to do uh, to become the great team that we want to be um, you have to be a great team to win a premiership and we haven't shown that this year so far and it is only early and we are committed to doing the work to become that team and there's a lot of work to be done so we're excited about putting the work in and we're excited about the group we've got here um, that I've got no doubt are committed to uh, to getting to where they want to take us uh, but we've got to really believe that, um, that it's going to happen if we stay committed and do the hard work. The fact that we're not sitting on top of the ladder now and humming along um, is probably not uh, unreasonable to expect at this time of year. We, uh, we know we're a team that is building and we're a fairly new team together. Uh, we've got to stay focused and committed to doing that work. So um, it's all ahead of us. We'll, uh, we'll fight the fight and um, aim to become that, that excellent team that we all want to be. That was Wush's uh, message to the members today um, that all the members would have received. Now, Scott, what uh, I know you got a lot to say on this subject, so what's your feedback on that, mate? So, when I got that uh, by my email today and I had to listen to it, I'm not sure what anyone else thought, but I was a bit flat. 
I was like, I'm not sure I got anything out of that. And we're not the kind of people that are going to call for any sort of sackings or anything like that. 100% agree, yep. So it's nothing to do with that. I just want my coach to address it better than what was discussed then. It was very cliche, very... Party line, straight down the kind of media banner of we're looking forward to putting the hard work in, we're looking forward to this, we're looking forward to... We understand, we know this. I, I just wanted two absolute beltings this year in games where we potentially could have won it. And I, I want to see a bit... Of it. Okay, maybe he's not the world's biggest emotional guy, but I want to see a little bit more from Wusha than that kind of staged message. I'm, I'm a bit the same. Like, uh, <laughs> I actually feel like... I feel like I'm the BJ in this, <laughs> where, where I'm the one who's passionate that for so many years now, we're just putting these unbelievably great performances and unbelievably poor performances back to back and we're all getting sick of it. And I'm going to come from the long run up, as you said. Go for it, Scotty. I'm sick of it. Like, I'm sick of this culture. I'm sick of accepting it. I'm I'm sick of how we're addressing it. I'm sick of us being so protective of a club of how we communicate after a loss like this. And look, sorry to senior management at Essendon. You know I love you. But where the hell is Lindsay Tanner? Like, where is the president? Like, where is anything? Like, what what message? There's always Xavier that has to tweet and get slammed by everyone. And I give him credit for it because I know, I know him well and I know he's passionate about this. So I don't put it on him. But... Where is the president? Like, what is going on? Like, this culture has just been a part of Essendon for so long, and we're getting tired of it. We we can't have such a disparity on good and bad performances. It reeks of unprofessionalism, and I just don't get it. I, I, there's so many areas I feel like we need to fix in our footy department, and... I'm going to go off the long run today, and, and people saw my tweet, and I know there's a lot of people arguing, and so I, I actually put here that the following players, Laverde, Clark, Redmond, Francis, Much, Long, Ridley, Draper, McNeese, they've p- played a total of 37 senior games. None of them were recent draftees, they're all two years, three years, or four years in the system, and I totally get that some of them have been injury prone, so that I will fully accept that. But we also have not been playing these kids. Last year, we were, the, we were ranked 18th in most debutants out of any club. And I don't think we had the luxury of being that. we we got to start getting the next tier of players up and about. If we take some losses, I'll accept it. But we've got to start developing these kids ASAP. Because we're having guys, like I can see in Anzac Day... Sorry to say this, but I can see the guys like Bagley, you know, and even if it has to be a Myers, even if it has to be a few players like that, uh, we just can't accept mediocrity. There's got to be a ruthless nature about our club again. This was not accepted 20 years ago by this club, this kind of the insipid turnaround from uh, some glorious win that we have. Does it have to take the media to go after us every week for us to actually have some inspiration to go out 
where we're actually focused and have and we're we're f- totally fixated on on getting the win and we go yay awesome our two wins against port and the crows they're the two best teams we've played this year so the three losses are three teams well under those teams in potential so there's no way we should be having floggings because all three of them forget the margins on some of them we all saw the game the, the some of those margins totally flattered us so why are we coming out like this we just got to change this culture i i haven't had a look at today and um, from 2002 onwards i just thought i wonder where we each year where we've sat on the ladder how many wins it was so embarrassing like you're going seven wins to eight wins to seven wins to six wins to nine wins to 12 wins to 13 wins to 12 wins to nine wins to three wins to six wins now i think we had 11 wins and it's just like that is so not essendon that's not a club that's won 16 premierships a very big history i understand the competition's grown it's a lot harder to get to a grand final i'm not even talking about that i'm talking about a professional team that week in week out is hard to beat there's and there's no excuses because hawthorne is that Sydney, Sydney is that. Geelong is that. I'd say even say in some points West Coast is that. The Crows are that. So we're not talking about a premiership, even though I really want one, <laughs> obviously. I'm just talking about a certain certain standard of professionalism and ruthlessness that when teams face us, they are concerned. They go, oh, no, the, these guys give everything. And that's all we're asking why aren't we getting to that level as a club? I'm really, really concerned about the development of our younger players. I, now, now speaking I'll, of I'll stop there. You almost have to, have to force me to stop. Sorry, Good Jake. Lord. That was Scotty if he didn't happen to know coming down around Bay 13 area and heading towards the <laughs> wicket with a dead set set of steam. Um, mate, I, I, I've got a question for you. I'm going to let you rip again. Um, we were speaking today... Uh, sort of at lunch um, and you were talking to me about the development of the kids, right? So the developments of the, of the Redmonds and the Clarks and the Laverdes and okay, I agree with what you said and the Longs, they've been um, injured and they've been doing it a fair bit, but you, you made some points about this is not the case at other clubs like Sydney and that sort of stuff. So tell me what we're, let's recap sort of what you were talking about. Cause I reckon it was a really good point. What I was talking about, and I'll come off the long run again. Go for it. But I'm passionate. I'm a passionate Essendon man. I'm usually Mr. Optimism, so people know me, know this well. But at some point, I do go, okay, enough's enough. The I, I want my Essendon football club on field and footy department to be much better than what I'm seeing. So, look, with our kids, and this is something that's really getting to me, Big time. One is our selection, our match selection committee. I don't understand what they're doing. I even saw today, and we'll go through it again, Hartley's been dropped. Why the hell has Hartley been dropped? He punched everything in his sight. Like, why are we omitting him? What are we doing crushing this kid? I don't get it. Um, so, they're just some of the examples. But, look, what I want to discuss is with our younger players... And I'm going to give like Darcy Parrish a bit of an example here. And I really rate Darcy Parrish. So, and a lot of these kids I really rate. And that's almost my frustration. 
Darcy Parrish is in his third year. I have not seen any improvement from his first game to getting close to his 50th game. And I'm not quite sure anymore that's on Darcy Parrish because it's consistent across the board. I watched the reserves game um, or the VFL game against Collingwood and just something that really bugged me. Um, and I was watching Laverde and he actually had a half-decent game. But him kicking for goal and seeing his kicking action, I'm going... And, and I watched him against Frankston as well. And his kicking for goal is horrific. Like he, he really struggles kicking for goal and he's played forward for three years. Like, and have we not addressed a kicking action to say, oh, by the way, Jaden, that kicking action doesn't cut it, mate. We've got to redevelop your kicking action to kick for goal. Uh, is that being done? Like, why am I watching him in his fourth year at Collingwood in a VFL game with the same kicking action, still spraying it, going... And when we're talking like the Joe Danahars and everything like that, why are we watching the same issues week on, year after year? And then I watch kids from Sydney and go, you know, I watch some of those guys, Haywood and all those, and they're so much better developed. You go, all their little weaknesses that they had, they've got out of their game, they've gone up to another level. I'm going, we're not getting that from our development we're getting the same kid that we draft. So we might draft a pick five like a Parrish and go, oh, he's a solid player. Parrish had 20 opposessions even in his Anzac Day game. He also probably miskicked the ball 11 or 12 times like he did in 2016. I would even argue 2016, he was actually a slightly better player in his first 20 games. So why aren't I seeing a different Darcy Parrish in his third year? I still, I understand it's still young. I'm just talking about little things like growth in, in growth in their game that I want to see that I can see are obvious weaknesses. And, and we're talking Redmonds, the Francis, um, the Kobe Matches. I just want to see a different level of when we first drafted them to now. Um, I think there's some small examples. I can see Clark recently has got his kicking slightly better. I'll say slightly, but overall he's actually doing quite well. Um, yet to play a senior game, mind you. But they're just they're just some of the things. Oh, sorry, my mind is going everywhere at the moment. You can tell, mate. I, I'm letting you go. I, I'm, I'm sitting over here in the other chair, just letting you rip off a long run up. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to cut you off eventually. But I'm serious, man. Keep going because uh, I tell you what, my mate Scotty here doesn't get fired up that often. Um, he's uh, a, a lover, not a fighter. But in this particular case, I agree with him 110. percent And I agree in that with. I don't know what's going on, but we... It's whether or not some of the names in our club... Now, some of these... Some of the names, and there's plenty of them, and there's plenty of the names in our club. I'm not sure whether or not they just think they can turn up and play, or whether or not the the, the fight is in their belly. I'm not sure. I'd, I'd Maybe the saga actually seriously took it out of them. Maybe they don't want to work as hard as they can possibly work for four quarters, gut busting, vomiting at the end of it, whole thing, because it just seems like they work hard for the first 10 minutes. And then when things don't go their way, they just use their natural abilities and natural, um, physicalities, um, to, um, to just sort of run out the game. I mean, they're, they're trying, I understand, but 
there's no... I mean, BJ's the only one that did it on the ground. There's no... There's heart. There's, BJ's showing heart. He's, maybe probably the optics didn't look real special by him doing it, but there's heart in BJ, and he's telling people to, to fire up and get their SH1T into gear. BJ's from the school of Ross Lyon, so <laughs> he would, he's brought up being educated and developed under Ross Lyon's system, which is you turn up every week and you pressure, yeah. you, you do everything with excellence... And, and I think he's always had a little bit of that in him. And I even heard Nick Rewalt last night talking about BJ and saying none of the Saints players had issues with him and he was exactly the same because that's how their culture was. Everyone demanded excellence and they, they got to two grand finals in a row. I know they lost by a very awkward bounce on one of them, but, um, but they were a very, very good structured team with actually not much talent. Um, they just got everything out of themselves, and that's where we have to get as a club. One other thing I want to talk about that's frustrating, and when we went to Anzac Day game, obviously me, everyone knows me, I'm on social media, so I'm looking at my phone, and I see three media guys just tweeting, and they're not tweeting anything really wrong, but and they're, but there's three different tweets from three different journalists and said, which Essendon, basically the message saying, oh, I wonder which Essendon's going to turn up today. And that's the frustration. I mean, they are spot on identifying what <laughs> what is really happening at Essendon. I, I 100% agree, man. I, I, that's the really frustrating part about the club is that if, if you're playing Richmond or you're playing Hawthorne, or you're playing one of the better sides, you understand that it's going to be real tough. right? And you know that the, the game's going to be hard. And if they beat you out of sheer talent, that's, that's okay. But... We blew up as a club. Just fit what what looked like fitness wise. We blew up halfway through a second quarter. Now they tried. I understand. Zach continued to try. Epps um, can try. Uh, continued to try throughout the whole game. But mate, I, I I question a lot of people when Brendan Goddard's got a mark in the deep in the back fifty, and he he runs back to his mark, turns around to look, or even if he's kicking out from a point, he turns around to look, and. I look up the ground and because we were elevated, we could see no one's breaking for the man. No one's sprinting towards a half forward flank or Bell Chambers isn't just running in a direction that's opposite to everybody else to try and get a mark. No, It's no wonder we played slow backwards football because it looked like we couldn't run. Yeah, And, and that, that's the massively disappointing part for me. And the stats are really interesting for this game because... We did actually win on disposals. We had nine more clearances, and there's like this. What was our efficiency though? <laughs> well, it was down. Yeah. Um, but what it did tell you, because I would say, like the disposals was something like top of my head, like four hundred three to four hundred one. I would say eighty disposals were a complete and utter waste of time. Yep. It was twenty meters to the left, twenty meters to the right. We had no conviction of how we wanted to move the ball. We had no conviction from the people up the ground on how they wanted to try and get open and, and how about the guy with the ball. We just basically, it was just put your hand up and try and get a 50-meter bomb. Um, that, that's basically how it almost ended up being. So it was just... Oh, you could see I'm frustrated. <laughs> but... Uh, there was just so many things in the game. Uh, like Joey Danaher, we've got to discuss because it, it, it's just very unprofessional to kick the ball like that. I mean, there's some things where 
he has to mature. He can't always just mark the ball 60 metres out and think he can run around on this big left hook because I watched his defender on the mark. He was he was situated about two metres to the right knowing exactly where Joey was going to do. And then Joey suddenly ran into it, realised he didn't have enough room between him and the, the guy on the mark. And what does he do? He sprays it and... And halfway through the quarter, what, he had 15 disposals and he had nine turnovers. And it's just, like, this is meant to be our star. Like, it's, we've got, these guys have actually got to have some criticism. They've got to have a bit of a, hey, this isn't right. Like, this isn't, this isn't sorry, this is not going to cut it. I, I wonder, I wonder, and tell me if I'm on the right track or not. From the club's point of view, we... The, the players went through what they went through, right? And it's horrible. And the club had to, I am I have no doubt, treat the players with kid gloves to get them all to come back. Now, I, I appreciate that, and they have all come back and they've committed to the club, and they should build a statue to Xavier and his team, right? But I, I wonder whether or not we now, because of the depth of how badly we hurt those players, whether or not the club feels like they can tee off on their players when they need to. I don't know, but they need to. Yeah, and that's my point. Is yeah, that I? That, that's the everything's done. Like we're well past that now. Like well past it. I would have thought well past it last year. So 2018. Like we're talking about a, a 2012 regime. Yeah, so it's, it's 2018. So I understand it went on for four years, but we're well past it now. Everyone's we we've got to be a club again. Like we've got to be a ruthless club, club again. Yeah. And and a lot of these kids, you know, a lot of them are half of them are players that aren't even even affected by it you know um we've only got if i took a guess eight or nine players who actually were suspended that's actually on the you know that's actually playing so it's not like a huge portion of the club all right so what do we need to do we need to change every (laughs) we need 28 changes no 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 no, no. but three three (laughs) this week the three-day turnaround we said at the on the podcast last week that um we, okay, we beat um, Port, and congratulations, Bombers. Um, well done. Yeah. And really seriously well done. But if we didn't win this week and and show that improvement and the consistency that came from the halfway down your run-up, <laughs> yeah. um, then it wouldn't mean anything, right? And it's not like we got beaten by three points and had a great game. Man, we got pumped yeah, by we got nearly slaughtered. 10 we, goals, we right? We got slaughtered. 10 goals. So... The, the kind of... And Collingwood didn't kick straight. <laughs> no, nah, and Collingwood didn't kick straight. Really and they're bad. Collingwood, man. It's, I swear that team wants to lose sometimes. I look at Collingwood and... We're the, we're the only club that Mason Cox would ever oh, have those kind of marks I against. I swear, Mason Cox, we make that enormous streak look look, look good. Anywho, so what do we need to do, Scotty? It's three days, man. Three-day turnaround, four-day turnaround, whatever it is, against Melbourne. What well, do we need look, to do? It's actually the perfect opportunity to get some kids in because of the small turnaround. So it's the perfect opportunity to actually see what some of these kids have got. Um, because So start naming them. Who do, who do you bring in? Uh, I would bring in Clark for sure. I'd still bring in Langford. No, for whom? No. Clark for whom? Myers. Yeah. Um, I personally... I And put, why? So I should have asked why. Why Clark? Because he plays Myers' role. And that is? So it's a little bit like for like. A clearance. He's a clearance specialist. Okay. So um, he's leading the VFL in clearances. He's leading the VFL in possessions. And he's leading the VFL in tackles. 
So he's he's having a fair run. That's got to get you a game, I reckon. Um, so that's got to get you a game. So he's got to get in. Um, Myers, look, I do believe Myers is going to be rested, and that's obviously the fear of his hammy. I totally get that. Um, so Clark's a good person to come in for that because he's quite strong over the ball. and Perfect replacement. So, perfect replacement, I appreciate that. But does Langford... If you were picking like for like, like does Langford have the runs on the board and deserves to that first pick spot? Langford's only like for like on height for me, not anything else. I don't think Langford is a clearance player. All right, cool. So if we if we just went down the the track of Langford deserves um, to be picked, should he get picked ahead of of um, Clark? Um. Oh, they're kind of equal. Um. But to me, this kind of mass changes. So I'm talking six, seven, eight changes. All right, keep going then. Maybe so, it was um, eight. So what is it? So Clark for uh, Myers. Clark for Myers. I get Ridley in there. Now, personally, me, I have Ridley in for Bagley. Now, pe- people might think like, gee, Ridley's tall. But Ridley, in the last three weeks, has played on smalls. Um, so I, even watched, I watched him against Frankston. He played on the, their small player. He was really, really good. Really mobile. So it's... How many it, weeks it, has he been back? Uh, four, including like a practice match kind of thing. Okay. So, so he's 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 right too. Yep. And I'm look. I'm not saying he's starring for the VFL because he's not. But he's so. I think he's incredibly talented that I think it's good to start getting the kid in anyway. Uh, so I had him for Bagley. Uh, look, Josh Begley is obviously. It's very very sad news uh, with his ACL. Um, Fridge. Sorry yeah. to hear it, Fridge. So, I have Laverde in for him. Yep. Uh, so, you got Josh Green out as well. Um, tough one, uh, because we're running out of small forwards. But we just have to change these up. I think we're going to have to have a few, a bit like a Richmond and Collingwood setup, a few midfielders as forwards. So, I have like a Kobe Much in. Okay. Um, Waller, no doubt, will... Probably came out rested. Um, so who have I got here for him? Uh, I think Fantasia's not ready to go yet. I think the team's about to be announced, but I don't think Fantasia will be ready to go from what I hear. So, yeah. Oh, I'm trying to think. I, I actually said today who I thought would come well, in. Well, you tell me who you think, by the way. <laughs> well, I reckon... I mean, like, I, I'm a bit like the club. The club said that... Um, that Lewenberger's in is going to replace Bell Chambers. Um, I, I don't know how often we can oh, keep nice. how right. we can that's keep um, Lewenberger in the reserves and not play the man. Um, that's cool. Um, look, I, I'm a bit like you. I'd bring in Clark because that's he's literally beating down the door um, to have that many possessions and, and lead that many stats in the twos. Um, Langford, you got to play Langford. Um, and this isn't just straight midfielding roles. I, I'm sure these guys could go in different um, in different areas. Um, <laughs> I really like McNeese in. Um, I actually, it's funny. Remember last week I said McNeese, he was so overconfident, said, Oh no, I'll play. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. You actually spoke to the man. Um, <laughs> and there he is. He's named. So, um, Michael, Michael Hartley is, is, pardon my French, bloody hard done by. That man, I reckon, is half often a whipping boy. Like, yeah, if oh. things don't go right in the back line, yeah, drop Michael Hartley. Ma- Michael Hartley and Langford must be best friends at the moment because um, 
all they do is see each other in the seniors and VFL every second week. So, and man, I'm, I'm with you. I'm bringing Ridley in. Yep, bring him in. Let's see what the kid can do. Look, the kid's so talented, and I know, like I said, he hasn't overly starred, but his skill level is insane. Um, he's a great puncher of the ball. He's a great reader of the ball. I just think he'll grow very, very fast. Uh, the more games we can get into him, um, but his kicking is elite. I'm talking elite. Mm-hmm. So I, <laughs> considering what I saw yesterday, I'd rather have an elite kicker in any day of the week. Yeah, speaking of that, the 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 foot skills of this club, man, like it's you, you're running out of the back line or you're running into the forward line and. The amount of 15 to 25 metre passes, even less, 15 to 20 metre passes, that were just hitting ankles and missing targets and going over people's heads, that just ruined the flow, absolutely ruined the flow of the club. It's starting to get on my nerves. But, Scotty, is there is there an opportunity here for the rest of this podcast to sort of, can we get a little positive? <laughs> no. Uh, no. No, look. Can we, I mean, we, we. I just want to know from the club. That's that's, and I think that's why fans get frustrated about cliches. I want to know that it's seriously getting addressed. I don't want to hear, "Well, oh, we take it serious." Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're all doing our best. Um, we want to have an understanding, a bit more of the strategy. What's what's taking place. Uh, I personally think there'll be changes at the end of the year. I can't see any other way. If this kept on going, there would be some coaching changes. And I'm talking senior coach, so don't go, <gasps> Scott's calling for them. But, no, uh, he's not. But there's development coaches and everything like that. I'm talking about strategic coaches that that I think would be under full review uh, because I'm just not sure we're cutting it to other sides. I think we're very easy to coach against. And... I think that really needs consideration <laughs> mm. um, because I feel like our game plan is extremely simple. Um, we seem to over-transition the ball from side to side too much. Um, and I noticed, even with the Anzac Day game, how much we were kicking back to forth. The Collingwood midfielders and defenders were just loving us. They just had a wall set up. Oh, um, unbelievable. And all they do is, once they get it, counter-attack, and then it's the total opposite. They're just running running waves and score quite easily and you know against what? us. I'm, I'm sitting here trying to think. We've we've teed off on the Pommers for a good 30-some-odd minutes now. Um, Scott's taken three breaths in that entire time. Um, I'm just... I'm trying to think, all right, uh, all right, Grant, what's the positives out of the game? Who who played well? Like, did anybody show some? <laughs> Do you know what? During the day, I was actually going to call out Hartley. Honestly, I was, without even... Without even mentioning it, I was going to call out Hartley as he punched everything. So I, I'm, you can see me shaking my head, but um, I still don't know why he was dropped. Uh, players who I thought played well, I actually thought Goddard played well. Uh, let's talk. Let's all right. Let's talk about the elephant in the room because one, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. the Goddard thing is is an absolute load of absolute crap so I'm going to go right off the it, I'm so sick of it I'm sick of him being the whipping boy why don't we just call him Brent Stanton for a change and just because we've gone on to the next one but the guy bleeds Essendon he he wants to win sorry I want that I want that in a player no one after the game had a 
had a concern about it. They interviewed Zara Argus. They interviewed the players. Zach Merritt saying, I love it. Zara Argus said, no, it's more than fine. Like, they're all... And then you'd hear Nick Rewalt talking about St. Kilda Days. Everyone handled it fine. And Goddard explained it really well, saying, even though you're seeing my emotive behavior, what I'm actually saying I'm not abusing anyone. I'm actually saying foot, footy critiquing. Can you make sure you pick up that guy? I'll make sure you need to run there. He's not saying anything that's really overly upsetting. They're passionate guys. They're red-blooded guys. Yeah. I think we just have got to be all grow up. And that's part of the culture. It's like, seriously, the side needs to grow up. Like, we can't, even as fans, like, sorry, this is, this is how it is. It's a full-on 360 physical game. Yeah, and I, that's what I want to see out of... I don't know. The, the coach can't do what Brendan Goddard did, but uh, Wush's members' message was just. And okay, Wush is not a fire up kind of bloke, I don't suppose, but it was just after a loss like that and the the way the Bombers fans are feeling, I feel more like Brendan Goddard than I do Wusher. Like I feel yeah. like I feel like that was a crap performance. Brendan identified it as a crap performance. And he, as a senior player at the club, started telling people what they should be doing. Now, that's the role of a leader. Sometimes when people react that Zaharakis didn't take it well, yeah, well, sometimes when you've pointed out that you've done something wrong, you get defensive and you don't like it. Right? As Zaharakis said, he said the same thing to Goddard. They both went vice versa. Zaharakis addressed it to him at, I think, a quarter time he mentioned. And and BJ said he took it on the chin and, and understood what he did wrong. Just the, just the delivery is different, yep. but the same. They're all doing the same thing. They're all they they have trying to at least keep each other accountable for their actions, and that's at least something. Um, other players that played well, I thought Zach Merritt. Um, yeah, tried hard. Um, Heps. Heps again. Dyson Heppel um, is a little bit on two front. I thought he had a bad captain game. I thought he should have been more vocal, to be honest. I thought he should have had a bit of more of a presence. But he actually had a lot of critical turnovers. Um, his kicking really needs some work. Uh, I'm, yeah. The whole club does, man. Was, yeah. It's not just Heps, obviously. But I, you kind of expect a little bit better. Um, unfortunately, you, you do hold, hold your leaders a little bit higher. Uh, and that's just... They just have to cop that. <laughs> uh, um, Bell Chambers. Bell Chambers. We spoke to him. Yeah. We spoke about him again at lunch today. In that, he's had the opportunity over the last three weeks, where he was clearly the best ruckman in yeah. against the opposition, to really stamp himself on the game, and he just hasn't done it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, this game was the only one where you had a really with Grundy who had a really big opponent, but with the team English and Port only had a like a, a miserly backup ruckman. He still, I did. They both didn't really overly perform. No, it's um, the... so he's had three bad weeks, and it looks like he's been dropped. So yep, um, I think that's fair enough too. I think that's the kind of message you we've got to send. So I'm happy about that. Um, who else? Uh, Wallace, you know, Wallace out of sorts, but Wallace, Wallace, an interesting one for me. Where, if I'm honest, during the week. Um, I have friends who go to training, Feisty being one, and all those sort of things. And they're telling me all week, oh, he's limping, he's proppy, he's, uh, right up to almost when the game starts. Oh, he's still limping. He has a big bandage on the knee, and the second half he can hardly move. And so, and then you kind of go, why did he play again? Yeah. Like, they're the, they're the some of the things that 
I scratched my head a bit from afar. Um, yeah, so he didn't really have a massive impact on the game. I thought Parrish tried hard, but again, his ball use was was not that great. Zarakis was okay. Um, Smith pressured as much as he could, did a lot of work rate, and, and a little bit of an indictment. They um, they do a, um, a kind of a, a pressure pressure point kind of pole or, or pressure axe pressure axe um, percentage for each game for each player. So the highest two recorded since 2014 has been Devin Smith in his first five games. He's had two. Yeah. So that tells you a little bit also about our midfield yep. history um, that he's now leading for the last five years at the top two. And he's been at the club for five games. So that tells you a little bit of that side of things. I thought Saad actually tried really hard to yeah, try and get did. some run. Yeah, he did. Even when he made a mistake, I liked that he tried to have to break the lines. I'd rather that. Like, there's one where he, I think the bounce just didn't get him right. But I just went, that's fine, though. I accept that. You took the game on. You tried to break the defensive line. And the, and the problem with that, though, no for problem. me... No problem. The problem with that, though, for me, is like Saad's breaking lines like he's he was employed to do, right? But he'll run to half back. He he takes he, he looks up, and because we're playing so badly, we've got the whole Pagan's paddock, yeah. and no one's fit enough to run back into Pagan's paddock. So he, but he, he a, couldn't kick it that, to anyone. That's our forward structure has just been completely way off. And that's the thing. Our it's, forward line has a history of moving far too up the ground. I hundred percent agree, man. Like how many times are we pointing to each other? Literally thirty six players. And I I think I said something. So if we get a stoppage here. We're in no man's land. Like if there's no one to kick it to, there's absolutely if he, it's just a kick to a Collingwood guy. Like there's actually no one set up forty meters down the ground. Nope. For just a quick clearance, and it just seems they're the kind of things. And I I do hear the coaches. I must admit, a point that after game that the forwards go too high, but like why does it keep happening? Like they're the kind of things. Like you just go, well, are they not listening? Like who's not listening? Like who's yeah, accountable for that? And. Yeah, I, I why, don't know how when you why watch are we a fast game. team on a fast break with no one to kick it to? Like, why aren't we structured someone deep in? Because like, they had deep. They just said Collingwood just said, you know what? We'll have a side bottom. We'll have we'll have that. We had various. We'll have um uh um. What's the kid that got in trouble? Um, uh, uh, that that kid Dugowie <laughs> Dugowie. Um, that we'll just sit them deep. So if we have a fast break. We're just going to go to a one-on-one and poor Bagley copped it because yeah. of that because he got he got stuck. But we didn't have that set up. No, we was we're just, just we were just kick it and it just two Collingwood two guys go thanks. Yeah. We'll just launch from here. Thanks. They're just things tactically that I, I don't even know if it's even a tactic. I just think we're actually disobeying the coach's orders and we're trying Probably. to get the ball. Since um, but they're things that you go, gee, we're not that professional, are we? Now you know what? So I think for the first time uh, in lunchtime catch-up podcast history. I think what we might do is take a break. Scotty's going to uh, Scotty's going to stand up, just shake it out a little bit, um, get a glass of coke, <laughs> get a glass of coke, and uh, we will come back to wrap up the lunchtime catch up podcast. Scott, it's okay. Essendon's a premiership winning side. We didn't get hammered on an Anzac Day. You're swimming in calm waters. Are you okay, mate? Did Danaha kick seven goals? Yes, mate. Yes, he did. He kicked seven. And um, and Heppel got 48 possessions. 
all effective? All of them. I'm ready to move on. Excellent. Welcome back to the slightly more chilled second half of the Lunchtime Catch-Up podcast. I needed that. Good. With my very calm... Um, he's had a he's had a chocolate cookie, a Bex, and a good lie down, and he's ready for the rest of the podcast. Scott McNeese. Thank now, you. Scotty. Um, let's move on. I think we've well and truly had our say about um, it's another honest version of the podcast this week. We've well and truly had our say about the bombers uh, and uh, and the Anzac Day. Let's move on. Uh, we've got the D's this week. What do you reckon? Well, obviously, it's a very uh, quick turnaround. Um, it Too is, short, it might be. It is a bit strange seeing a game and then having a team named the following day. Uh, I agree. For a game that's just about to come up. So, a little bit... I have no idea. I, don't, I think even Demons fans or Essendon fans would have no idea how this plays out. Who's going to turn up? We've obviously seen the changes now. I actually don't mind the changes. I disagree with Hartley. Everyone knows that. But I don't mind the changes. I'm glad Clark's in. I'm glad Langford's in. A few others. I kind of accept the Bell Chambers move. So all good with that. Um, we are going to then... A good portion of the side's actually going to have some fresh legs. So mm. I'm confident we can run fairly well. It's really how we can approach this game. Let's hope much better than the Anzac Day game. Uh... It's very hard to know what to talk about it. I think Melbourne's going to really miss Petrarca. Petrarca's a laid out. Yeah, he's a, he's a laid out for them. Um, he's a very, very talented boy. Look, it's really a, two clubs that have great talent on their list that are underperforming and very inconsistent, meeting together almost on the same amount of wins and losses and under the same amount of pressure. So it, it's such an intriguing game about which club kind of stands up. Mate, I, I 100% agree. What what you said, or what we said on the last podcast, in that Essendon, yeah, finally beat Port. If we don't win this this week, then it means nothing. And we get, well, we continue to be confused. It's even more pressure. This I'm calling this game, I'm nicknaming this game, um, The Last Jedi. Because... <laughs> It's not as, that bad, is it? <laughs> it has the potential <laughs> to be, because as much as J.J. Abrams and, and those boys had a hell of a lot of pressure on ga- in, in uh, the first... Uh, Force Awakens. The Force Awakens. And then they did well in the in the second film, and it was okay, and, they, and it was kind of okay. But now the pressure is on, considering we had a dog last week. If we have anything resembling that dog again this week, then... Wish had better come out with more than we're just we're keen to perform well because it will really show that we are in in well, a lot of trouble as a club, right? We'll be two and four. We're right behind the ball. Yeah, and um, and that's the that's the thing is if we if we some very hard games coming up. That's after it, that. and and that's that's when you you start thinking right now we're in serious trouble. But but on the positive side, um, is that if we come out and beat Melbourne, I'm still confused. Yeah. I'm, I'm still yeah. totally confused. I, I think no matter what happens, it hasn't answered over uh, really anything. I no. think it's a long-term answer that you're probably requiring. And it's two step, uh, one step forward, two steps back. Because wh- where we were at Port, we went, yay, we won. Now let's go out next week and really show them that we can win again. And then let's win again mm. and do all that sort of stuff. But now we're back to that same stage where we were at Port. <laughs> we have to win this next game <laughs> to show people that we're the, the, the real deal. Mm. But if we don't, It'll be two losses in a row to teams where we could have won, and yeah. you leave every supporter just confused as to what's going on. 
Exactly. It's um, it's very hard to know what to talk about. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, I must admit, I've got a funny feeling I won't be able to go to this game. My first, uh, my wife's birthday is on Sunday. <laughs> got to look after the wife. So I'm taking her to a nice hotel in the city for Saturday oh, night. And you want to say I'm... which hotel that is? No. And <laughs> and so I'm doing a special day, so sorry, you everyone. old romantic, you. My wife comes first. Oh, come on. Uh, <laughs> and so that's what my... So I, hopefully I can get to see some of it, but I'll, if not, I'll watch it obviously later that night. You'll, um, have, you'll have work to do at night. I really hope we don't lose all by a lot because no, that'd be very hard to it. watch I know, man, <laughs> for the review good. for the podcast, but... Uh. But look, we're not going to leave it too long. We've gone 45 minutes in. I just wanted to say one thing, um, which I think people might find interesting. I uh, I went to the player sponsors night because our group, our True to the Sash Facebook group sponsors Michael Hartley and Aaron Francis. And by the way, thrilled to see Aaron play his first game against yep, Collingwood. agree. Takes some great strong marks. Looks really thin. Um, I, I do know for a fact that he's doing really, really well. Um, so that's all positive. But I had a great chat to Mason Redmond on the night. Um, so we were discussing about footy and, and, and I mentioned to him, I said, you know, how you're finding the transition down back. And he actually gave me quite a surprising answer. So he, he said, well, look, to be honest, um, I only played four games as a forward um, in my junior days. So I probably got a little bit too pigeonholed as a forward because I played those four games as a forward in the in the last four TAC Cup games. And that just got me intrigued. I, I was like, oh, I must admit, I just naturally thought you were a forward and you actually weren't. You were part mid, part backman. So he felt, he said, at the moment, he feels really comfortable down back. Um, a little bit intrigued as to why we've not put him into the position he likes yeah, for so long. Uh, but I'll, that's another whole conversation. Um, but it was just interesting. He seemed quite relaxed. He actually seemed a little bit semi-confident that he might be able to play the Melbourne game. So let's let's hope. Uh, really good night, though. Met a lot of lot of guys. Caught up with Ben McNeese for the first time. My yes. supposed brother. So we actually had a few jokes. And um, uh, we actually had some um, discussion about his, uh, our ancestors because he was curious about where, the, where my McNeeses and his McNeeses were coming from. So um, we, we kind of singled it down to uh, just outside Glasgow on Scotland. <laughs> so, yeah, we, he was a really fantastic guy, super confident in his ability. So it sort of almost took me by surprise because um, he just said, no, I'll be playing senior soon. No worries. So um, I was like, oh, okay, go for it. And um, So I loved his confidence. Um, but met met a whole heap of met a whole heap of players. Sammy Draper's a lovely guy. Met Clarky. I told him that we mentioned him on the podcast and trying to revel him up, and he said to keep going for it. So, so here we go again. We've done it again. Clarky's in the side. So that's, look, that's a lunchtime catch up recruiting there. That's it. We're very influential. We're very influential. So um, yeah, thanks everyone. We'll keep it short and sweet. Um, thanks for all your loyalty. We're almost hitting towards 13,000 overall downloads yeah, on which SoundCloud. which is incredible. Thanks very that's much, just everyone. On, yeah, that's just on SoundCloud. So we're, we're so appreciative of, of the feedback and, and 
we know we're not super uber professionals or anything like that, but we, <laughs> we love talking the football club. Um, uh, hopefully, I can and, and myself and Grant can bring some some knowledge and, and some good talking points, and it's entertaining for you if you're on a train or in a car or anything like that. Yep. Um, we love doing it. Always go to iTunes, subscribe, or go to SoundCloud, subscribe. That's the best way to listen to us because as soon as I uploaded it, which in, hopefully is in 20 minutes, you get it straight away. Yep. Um, so you get it before anyone else. So always click subscribe. Love you to leave comments or anything like that. We're always happy to hear anything, any sort of comments. And they can email you. Yeah, you can email me, the lunchtime catch up podcast at uh, gmail.com, getting some great feedback through the um, uh, through the emails. We really appreciate you getting in touch with us. Um, and also, too, Scotty, I, I didn't tell you um, sort of today, but um, we've, we've got our very first sponsor on the um, the lunchtime catch up podcast. Oh, you didn't tell us, yes. No, I understand. He's, he's going to be a sponsor. It's, um, it's Joe's Sewerage Services. <laughs> oh, um, shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's Joe's Sewerage Services. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and his tagline is Joe's Sewerage Services, you chuck it out, we suck it out. <laughs> so look up Joe on the internet. And if you've got any sewerage issues, get hold of Joe, you chuck it out, we suck it out. So thanks very much everybody for joining the us the worst sponsor we've ever hey, oh, it's the only sponsor so. that's exactly, but I think I'm, I'm really trying hard next week to get um, uh, Gary's Pizza Palace um, <laughs> Gary, Gary's Pizza <laughs> Palace <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll work on that one for next yeah. week um, alright guys um, thank you very much uh, for joining us as per normal on the on the lunchtime catch up podcast we uh, um, we sincerely hope we're going to be doing a much more positive yes. uh, podcast next week get out there support the club get down to the game Um, And we will catch you next week. Thank you, everyone. And go Sixers as well. Well,